Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Our, our way of life. I mean, when was the last time that you stepped into a tabernacle? Or you even just drove by a tabernacle, right? When's the last time that you actually saw a high priest and went to the high priest? Probably been a while, if ever, right? I, or when, it, when is the last time that you actually saw a goat or a calf get brought into a place to be sacrificed so that they could use the blood, right? Probably not in your lifetime. Maybe if you went on a missions trip to some other country, you might see something like that. But here in America, probably not so much. So the text that we just got done reading, it feels maybe a little bit old. Maybe it feels a little bit strange to you. Our present American lifestyle doesn't really help us understand it, does it? The text all of a sudden jumps back into a different culture, into a different time period, but this is still God's Word. It's the Bible. It's Scripture. And because of that, even though it might feel a little bit old, even though it might feel a little bit strange, it still is very relevant to the life that we're living here today. There's still something in this text that we can learn from. Something that we can grow. Because the text is shining light on something that's very, very important for us. The text is shining light on a change that was happening. A change that had happened. The writer of Hebrews is trying to get through people's mind that there was a change that happened. And that change that happened in this time period, in this culture still affects us here today okay so let's see if we can shine a little bit of light on this text let's see what is going on back then that affects us still here today if we go back and we work our way through these these verses that we just got done reading you see that there was there was a certain way that people used to worship god there were some regulations that were in, put in place in verse one we see that there was a sanctuary right in verse 2, we see that there was a sanctuary slash tabernacle, and the outer part was called the holy place. Also in verse 2, we see that there was a lampstand, and that there was this table of bread in the place. We see in verse 3 through 5, we see that there was this, this other place behind that that was called the holy of holies. In there, we see that there was this altar... And in that, not only an altar, there was also a chest. And in the chest, there was all these sacred relics. Above the altar, you see that there was this carved winged angelic being. Sounds like a pretty cool place, really. I would love to visit it and sort of see it firsthand. But then the author says, you know what? We don't have time to get into the meaning of all those things. Right? Those things aren't the important thing that I want to address here today or in this writing. In verse 6, we see that there was a priest. There were priests that would continually enter the outer room in order to do their ministries. So they were just constantly going in. There's all these rituals. There's different things that the, the priests had to do. And so they would go in and, and perform those ministries in the outer area. But then, once a year, only once a year, the high priest, in verse 7 we see, the high priest would enter that other room, the Holy of Holies. And it would be during this time that he would make atonement for his own sins 
and for the sins of the people. So, what are we learning here? In this time period of history, God was a little bit limited to his people. He wasn't a limited God, right? I mean, he was still God, but he was a little bit limited in people coming to worship him, in people approaching him. We see here that God's presence was sealed off behind the outer tent. God's presence was sort of in this room, the Holy of Holies. And God could only be approached once a year. And only the high priest was allowed to approach him once a year. Think about that. And the high priest, the high priest, when he approached God once a year, he had to do so with a blood offering for the atonement of his sins and the sins of the people. If he did not do what he was supposed to with the, the blood offering, if he didn't follow the regulations that were put in place, if he walked in, he would die. Because God's presence was in that room. Hmm. So, let's say we lived back. Let's say that nothing changed. It was still this way here today. If that was the case, then we would never be allowed to approach God. Ourselves. We'd have to do it through the high priest. Pastor Chris is the pastor here, Right? So let's say he was one of the priests. But this church is part of a denomination. There's district leaders that are sort of a little bit higher up the scale. And then there's national leaders a little bit farther up the scales. And there is one leader that oversees all of our fellowship. So that means that you would have to go all the way to wherever that high priest was, the top dog, and ask him to approach God on behalf of you. Now here's where it gets cra crazy, is you would have to do that. Let's say, all of a sudden you did something that was sin, you know it was sin, and all of a sudden you say, okay, I've got to go to the high priest, I've got to bring my calf or my, my, my whatever it is that you're going to sacrifice, you know, as a blood offering, I've got to bring that to the high priest. So you've got to travel to wherever he is, but then all of a sudden you say, oh shoot, I've got to wait 11 months, because he just had his, he just did this. It was only once a year that this happened. So you might have to wait a good period of time before you could actually go through with this. So things would sort of stack up in your life and you would sort of be like, man, I don't even know what all I did this year. I just know that I'm a sinner and so I got to take this thing and I got to get the high priest to go take care of it. And so you would do that. The way that you worship God in this time period was limited, right? But there is a shift that was beginning to happen. And we see this taking place as we read this. Let's pick it up in verse 8 here, and we'll read 8 through 10 again. It says this. The writer says, The Holy Spirit was showing by, by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. This is an illustration for the present time indicating that the gifts and the sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying 
until the time of what? The new order. A change. Everything is pointing to a new period of time that is coming. A new order. Matter of fact, if you go back to the Old Testament, you'll see that the prophet Jeremiah actually prophesied of this new order that was going to be coming, that this new way of doing things. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, Jeremiah prophesied this. He said, he said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. The old way to relate to me, the old way to relate to God, the rituals, the sacrifices, the priests, the tabernacles, and everything that goes along with that, they're all going to become obsolete. They're all going to disappear. We are about to have a new way to approach the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator of the universe, God. We're about to have a new way to worship Him, a new way to get into His presence. So regardless... Regardless if you're in the old way or the new way, the basic problem of life still is the same. Sin. Right? The time period might change. Our circumstances might be a little bit different, but the basic problem still remains. There's this thing called sin that has entered mankind, right? From Adam and Eve. It continues onward. And we are still human. We have been given by God, especially when we ate that fruit, we have been given the knowledge of good and evil and therefore, God has instilled in every single one of us this thing called what? A conscience. And that conscience reminds us continually of our sinfulness because we know what is right and what is wrong. And every time we do something wrong, it begins to do what, right? It begins to convict us unless we've turned that voice off and said, we're not going to listen to it anymore, but it's still there. Over time, we become maybe a little bit callous to listening to that conscience, but it is still there. And that conscience oftentimes brings guilt into our life that comes from the evil one, the devil, because he loves to power or pour upon you guilt whenever you do something wrong because he knows that if he can make you feel guilty about what you've done, your sinfulness, then that sinfulness and that guilt that comes with it, it will keep you at a distance from your God. Because God cannot be around sin, right? He doesn't want to be around sin. He is perfect, and so there's a distance that takes place. In the old way, the reason why he was sealed off back there was because he could not be around sin. And the priest, if he didn't take care of the sin before approaching that place, he would die, right? So there's something big about this. And the problem is the same. We still have this conscience, right? But God has solved the problem. He solved the problem. He solved the problem. And that is what the new period, the new order is all about. God did something big. He did something absolutely huge. See, the old period, the old order, with all the regulations, with all the rituals, only gave a solution to the problem. 
You see in verse 9 that even though they were washed, that they were made clean on the outward, their conscience, their conscience could not be clear. They still knew everything that they had done. They still lived with this conscience that was not necessarily clean. But the new period that we live in here today, it did more than just give a solution to the problem. Let's look at the text here again. Check it out. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. It says that when Christ, when Christ, when Jesus Christ came as a high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. We didn't make this tabernacle. It's not in this earth. He went to an eternal place, a heavenly place, where there is a tabernacle that he approached that's so much better than any tabernacle that could have ever been created here on this earth. That's the tabernacle he went to. Verse 12 says, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once. How many times? Once. Does he have to do it every year? No, he went once. For all. For who? For all. For you, for I, for all of us. He went once for all by his own blood. Not by the calf, not by the goat, by his own blood. Blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Verse 13, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, that's without sin, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. The old way might have cleaned us up a little bit. There's only a solution. But this blood is so much better because this blood was not an animal. This blood was the Son of God. And there was power because it was unblemished. It was without sin. It took the place of us. For the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Through who? Our high priest, Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, Jesus Christ has changed it all. Here we are in the modern age, right? We got the houses, the big houses. We got the cars that can drive down the road. We got our smartphones where we can text and we can literally get anywhere in the world to communicate nowadays, right? We can hop on a plane and we can fly places. I mean, we got so much in the modern age. Here we are in the modern age with, with so many things that are different than back then. But the problem is still fundamentally the same, right? We are still sinful. We still have this conscience that likes to condemn us. Every time we do something wrong, it condemns us and it reminds us of this feeling of being unacceptable to God. 
It makes us feel like what like we are not good enough to be in his presence. And the devil loves to do that to us up here in our conscience. He loves to play with us and say, yes, you are unacceptable. You are condemned because you are a sinner. Yes, you are not good enough to be in his presence. But the answer is who? It's Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross. The answer has been given to you and to I. He is the only answer. And we see this in verse 14, that his blood had the power to cleanse are see we see in this text we see that we can be saved that we can be saved from an eternal death and we can be we can be given an eternal life we see that we can serve the living God that we can serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That we can serve our Creator. That we can not only serve Him, but we can step into His presence. That's huge. We see that we can be in His presence anytime, anywhere, any place. We just got done worshiping Him. And we are in His presence because He is here. When you get in your car and you go home, you can worship Him because His presence can be in your car. When you're at home, you can worship Him in your home. You don't have to travel someplace to some tabernacle, some sanctuary. You don't have to hunt down this high priest. You don't have to bring a blood offering. You can worship Him in your home. You can worship Him at work and His presence can follow you everywhere you go. Anytime, any place, worship team can come on up and we're going to get ready to close. The bottom line is simply this. It's that Jesus ended, he ended the old way of reflecting, or uh, Jesus ended the old way of relating to God by replacing himself as our new high priest. That's the bottom line. The bottom line is that Jesus ended the old way of relating to God by replacing himself as the new high priest. The whole point, the whole point here from this text, the whole point of my message this morning is really to drive through the fact that God has always been pursuing you. He's always been pursuing you. That God has always been creating these paths for you to find forgiveness. That God has always been creating paths for us to be able to be in His presence. From the moment that Adam and Eve ate of that fruit, before that time, God was walking and talking with them in the garden. They were in His presence on a regular basis, but then that sin, it separated them. It kicked them out of His presence but God was not satisfied with just letting it happen and letting it go. Instead, he began to pursue. And that's why he made the first covenant. That's why he put the regulations in place so that people could still have forgiveness. So that people could still be in communion with him and still worship him. But it wasn't perfect. It wasn't the way that he wanted because he didn't want you to have to wait once a year. 
He didn't want you to, to have to go through a high priest. He wanted to be with you. And so he continued to pursue, to pursue, to pursue, to the point where eventually he sent his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him should have eternal life. And he gave that son as a gift. Jesus came freely as the gift, as the Son of God. And He did what no one else could do. He lived a sin-free life so that He could sacrifice His blood and pay the price so that we could have a new beginning, a new start, a new way, a new order to how we worship God. Maybe today you would like to accept the path that God created for you. The path into His presence. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.